3: it gives me a lot of hope. If
4: you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9.
3: Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio
4: as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug
5: Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
1: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
5: What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Just want to make sure this is a good day for everybody. Everybody having a good day? good it's important it's important um we have some amazing stuff for you this hour a reminder we could talk about how complicated other banks may get to redeem credit card rewards or we could talk about how with discover you can redeem rewards for cash any amount any time. i mean talk about amazing learn more discover.com slash redeem rewards terms apply um Fernando Tatis was tested, was busted for PEDs. What's interesting about Fernando Tatis is it's early enough in his career that even though this should be like, a hey, we shouldn't talk about him as an all-time great or, hey, we shouldn't consider him a Hall of Famer. The truth is at 23 years old, next year he comes back. And if he has, you know, five to seven years of greatness, we're all going to forget. I mean, look, Alex Rodriguez twice tested positive for PEDs. Only guy to ever do so at at his level. And yet here he is. I mean, he's a he's a corporation. He's on Fox. He's on ESPN. He's covering Major League Baseball. Now he's, you know, somebody thinks he was a dynamic enough player. And I guess personality to work for two different competing networks covering Major League Baseball. Like that's a it's kind of something you'd think Derek Jeter would do, considering how respected Derek Jeter is and never a hint or a whiff of any sort of PED use. Speaking of Jeter, of course, his uh, long, his series documentary on him, the the captain, just came to a conclusion. Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez had this exchange on the ESPN alternative broadcast to the Red Sox-Yankees game last night. They were talking about the 1997 Sports Illustrated shoot. This is how it went.
6: We were actually, that photo shoot was in Miami, and, and please don't put it on the screen, but that photo shoot was in Miami, and uh, you remember, it was the last shot that we had of the day. And everyone was willing to do it, and I was the last holdout. And they were like, let's true. go, let's go, let's go, so we can get out of here. And I, I... I Shouldn't have done.
2: Now this is where Derek and I are opposite. I liked this so much. You I went on a rock in Central Park. Central Park, I <laughs> did it on my own. Yeah, it was great.
6: <laughs> well, you actually scare our producer Joe McCoy. You had that thing locked and loaded, yeah, no, bad, and he please. never put no, it up no, on. Bad, he never no. put it up on the board. This would be my last visit
5: here. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeter hated it, and A Rod loved it, which is about right, right? I mean, there's nothing could be could be more in on brand than both of their comments jeter who wanted nothing to do with anything high anything low anything controversial anything interesting anything people can make fun of and alex rodriguez who any publicity you say is good publicity is that how you see it jay Stu, that when i listened to it when i saw it live and now i listen to it now i have the i think the exact same thing i
6: do i i do agree with that um I no I'm on record and and I'm I'll state it again. I I think Alex Rodriguez is like the biggest phony in sports. I I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. I'm not a big fan. Um and the the series, the documentary series on Jeter actually made me a, a bigger fan of his. Um I didn't uh, think I would like or it. on Jeter. On Jeter. Yeah, it made me a bigger fan of Derek Jeter. So I I I go kind of both ways on these guys. Um I remember that picture at the time being so odd. Um, Ray Ordonez, Edgar Renteria, and Alex Gonzalez were the other three three shortstops. For whatever reason, Nomar garcia Parra wasn't in it. Um, and it was a shirtless pick in Sports Illustrated. Uh, it seemed like a picture that was like the target audience was gay men and or women. And I didn't know that either of them were big demographic of uh, sports illustrated. So it just all seemed kinda odd to me. <laughs> and I, I like that, that Jeter even what twenty three years later, twenty-four years later, was like, yeah, I I wasn't into that. I didn't like it at all. And it kind of confirmed my my feelings about it. And then of course Alex Rodriguez being into it says all you need to know about Alex Rodriguez.
5: It's Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. It's, it's really an amazing thing. Um, but I, I, find, I do find – who are the people who go like, well, Alex Rodriguez, yep, he said it, it's good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that one. That one I don't get – like Smoltz is so good. I walk away learning so much from Smoltz. And I go around baseball and generally most of those guys who call games um, – but I, I, I think the now look if you had the balance of a Jeter and an A Rod in the booth at the same time where Jeter kind of gave you the straight and arrow of it and A Rod gave you the that would be amazing, I think by himself though I don't I don't love it, I don't love it. What do you think, Byer? Well, on what on, on, on A-Rod the on Rod or on, on, well, or on the, on the photo? On like isn't it isn't it? It it feels like you could have written their response and been sarcastic about it. Jeter will hate it. A-Rod will love it. Before they said it, and then they did, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was right on brand Yeah, uh,
0: and, and I want to take a look at the picture, because um, wasn't this the reason why their like feud kind of happened? Because A-Rod, this is, the in the documentary, yeah. I thought A-Rod got mad because it made it look like Jeter was better than him, and was his big brother. So that's why I'm confused on this, you know, K-Rod cast. Is that Jeter's like I hated it, and A Rod's like I loved it, but wasn't this the whole reason on why they stopped becoming friends?
6: I think we're I think you're mixing a couple of things. I think the uh the the actual cover. Of an SI Magazine had, like, Jeter above him and making him look like a little brother, right? And then it was the article in Esquire where A-Rod made a lot of controversial remarks about Jeter not needing to be a leader. Not needing and, to be great. yeah, not
5: need to be a leader because they had so many great players around him.
6: I think this photo shoot thing was just a separate weird thing that happened in the late 90s. <laughs> that,
5: that was my... And I haven't
0: seen the entire Jeter documentary, but I saw the first two episodes. And I really thought that this cover was the was maybe the start of it. Like I understand that whole piece, but that's why it's. Then again, by the way, if they're both covering up, I mean that that is completely on brand for you know what was since they're sitting next to each other. And I'm not going to talk about why their friendship soured, but that because and and here's the other thing. You know you know what I re- I remember was A Rod said that is absolutely not true that's 100 percent not true. true and the person who took the photo or whoever was doing it um was said like no that's exactly what was was said so yeah that's no that's
5: very on brand I mean totally completely and, and utterly on brand um that's I why I was a little that- confused by it all of like wait a second you know I thought
0: I thought arod hated this as well because he was thought to be the you know lesser of Derek Jeter.
5: You know, um, it, it's interesting that as much as their friendship soured, they kind of try and make nice in it, and they've done this stuff afterwards, but it's, it's just, it continues to be super awkward. Like, I guess here's the thing. It's okay to not be friends with everybody. Right? Yes. Like, we have people in our I, business that try and pretend like, oh, they're just friends with everybody, and that, that's, there are, there are some people that are just super nice, and they, 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 they don't care they're just friendly people (laughs) but most people in this business you're not gonna be friends with everybody it's okay we don't there are eight billion people in the world you don't have to be friends with everyone and faking it for us and trying to prove like no no no, we're good like that doesn't
0: that doesn't do it it is
5: also okay for a friendship
0: to have an expiration date it's one of my big beliefs not all of your friends are your friends for 70 years (laughs) <laughs> there are friends of yours who are friends for 10 years. Um, there are work friends. That's a great there point. are friends from college. There are people that you lose touch with. And, you know, you hear the old BS line. We just picked up right where we left off. Well, OK, well, if they didn't talk to you after the, you know, the three biggest moments of your life. You know, because that gap was there then maybe they're not your friend, maybe you have good <laughs> chemistry, but yeah, you don't need to be friends with everybody. Like, maybe their friendship was
5: that five years or 10 years or whatever it is, but... Yeah, you don't... Why, why don't you call me anymore? It's like, because we're not... Like, we're not friends. Anymore. Like, we're still friendly, but yeah, we're not Yeah, like, I don't hate you. just... You know, we're anymore. just... Yeah, we're not... Kind of... And there are some people that you're always... Some people you do, you connect with, like, once a month, once every two months, and you are... You do keep that, you get the updates, you keep it going or whatever. There sure. are circumstances. But there are some people who are like, yeah, you know, I don't know, they're
7: fine. Is it like kind of out of sight, out of mind, one of those thought patterns?
5: Some of that. So, But also sometimes your life changes, you ah. know? Yes. You know, if, you, if you're, when you have kids, your friends that don't have kids, you really are going to struggle to be friends with those people. They live a completely different life. Mm-hmm. And if you're married and somebody is divorced, it doesn't necessarily, But you know, like for the guy stuff, but there are just times in which it'd be very normal to invite a couple over, you know, and there is no couple. And then it becomes, who do we invite? Let's just not invite either of them. Don't worry about it. Let's just get another. Yeah. Let's get five couples over here. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's just out of sight, out of mind. You can live right down the street, but sometimes your life takes a change. Your job takes a change. And and um, I I agree with you on expiration. Not every now some expiration are. Day, that's a good one. What what what? Did you expiration say? date
7: one? is a good. I've never heard of that terminology for friends. That. Yeah. friends. Yeah. End.
0: I have a buddy who I always called, and I said to myself, "You know what? I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him for a while. See what happens." It's been almost three years since I've talked to the guy. Like it's, but there was there was maybe a birthday call. There have been texts, but there's never been a, hey, I just wanted to see how you're doing. And so then I say to myself, if he couldn't pick up the phone to call me, then maybe like I didn't think of our friendship or maybe it moved to a different direction. So yeah, this really good buddy of mine, you know, five, 10 years ago.
6: And the older we get, I think, mm-hmm. I think this is more of a male thing. The older I get, at least, I've, I've learned that I'm not really interested or I don't have the energy to chase relationships. If something happens, like what just happened with Dan, then you just become an acquaintance of mine that I'll be civil to and we could, we could chat if you want, but like, I'm not going to chase you down and try to be your friend at this age. It was something I probably did in my teenage years and 20s for acceptance and stuff. I'm not going to do that anymore.
5: How hard is it for you guys to have new friends? Yeah, I don't need
0: any yeah. new friends. Yeah, it's very difficult.
5: <laughs> Actually, I, met a
6: couple of, I, mean, I I made a couple really good friends a year ago when I started working here yeah. and, uh, and John and, and Dan. Um, you know, I was already friends with Doug. That, oh, that's okay. not a slap. I was like,
7: nah. <laughs> oh, wow, that was that was weird. Well, <laughs> that was super awkward there. I was just going to a 3 amp. <laughs> I was just going to ask does that count we're in the same card new... tomorrow by the way. I was <laughs> <laughs> just going to ask you Doug, does that count like as new friends that yeah. even though we do, were coworkers, is that still I'll, new I'll be friends?
5: I'll you. Like I think I do think adding Jason has made the four of us a little closer together. Like I thought we worked really well together when we had ryan music uh Ryan's much younger, obviously, and he and i were were pretty close but i am not sure we did enough kind of the four of us kind of working or like the a group text or whatever so um do I think uh yeah, that counts new person at work it becomes a friend who you if you text somebody off work hours and it does not always have to do with work, they are in fact your friend yeah what I do agree. you think? bingo okay?
7: yeah. Me and Jason just looked back at each other and smiled. So, yeah, that's uh, well, You, you hit it have right the in the Dodgers.
5: Head. You'll always have the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always have the Dodgers. Byron, it does feel like we should just be in a cart together and just let them talk about the, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I, I Hi. I didn't Golf, know is, a, golf is a great litmus test for a friendship, though. Because, like, if you get to like hole 12 and you're like, I just have to look at my phone to just not listen to this person talk anymore, I <laughs> just can't just can't do it then like if you're on your phone the whole time whatever you're both on your phones you're doing work or you know but uh golf is a is a is a good one when a guy hasn't gone to his phone like don't oh, look at my phone when i'm playing golf i just try and lock in really enjoy the day then all of a sudden you get to like hole 13 and he's texting like everybody he knows save me call me <laughs> tell me there's an emergency at work then something's up
0: the uh I, I figured that we'd have you know some sort of games, and so we'd have you know teams and we'd have to team up. I don't know if we'd switch after nine
5: or what, but you know uh, Dan, I don't know if you know this, but John is left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> what's that your handicap, account? John? I'm left-handed. <laughs> no, but like there's a number there but, like, I'm left-handed. Thanks, John. We'll <laughs> keep an eye on that. We'll keep an, keep keep an eye on that.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it.
1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be President Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
3: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
0: And then you have China.
5: Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. hope you having a good day. So, um, l- let me ask you something. Um, Jay Steele, would you say you're our most uh, I don't know, strident? You're our most... Uh, biggest badass? You're the biggest... Are you the biggest Laker fan on the staff?
6: No, I think Ramos might be a bigger fan. I've followed them since the 70s, but... Um I think in passion, I think John might be a bigger fan
5: than me. John, what do you, what do you think, John?
7: Yeah, I would say I'm a, as, fa- as a fan goes probably, um, and it, you know, because I don't think Jason follows the Lakers as well as the, the much as the Dodgers as a more of a yeah,
5: correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is interesting to me. So Richard Jefferson has this podcast with Channing Frye. It's a really good podcast. Uh, I didn't think this was one of their stronger moments because take a listen to what he says about LeBron being an all-time great as a Laker.
1: LeBron James has not done enough as a Laker to be on that list. LeBron's been there now. This is his fourth season, right? Yeah. They've been there four seasons, be, two years. They haven't made the start in the fifth two years
0: they haven't made the postseason, one year they lost in the first round, and one year they won a championship. Oh but if you take that one championship, and not that you take it out, but if you look at there hasn't been a consistent level of greatness, right, you can win a championship, that's great. But part of LeBron James being famous for being LeBron James, part of the Laker organization, is consistent greatness. Not like, oh, one year you're trash, next year you're great. No, no, it's like, are you consistently those dudes? And it just hasn't intersected.
5: So I wouldn't put him above above, above Wilt. Not yet. Okay, he wouldn't put him above Wilt. Why? Right? I, that's, that's the big question. Why wouldn't he put him uh, ahead of Wilt Chamberlain? Because, because why? Will Chamberlain won more? He didn't. He, he simply didn't. Uh, yes, they won an NBA title in five games one year that Wilt was there. It was his next-to-last season as the NBA player. Um, but he was a shell of himself. Remember, Wilt Chamberlain, you think of Wilt Chamberlain, you think of averaging 50 points in a season. The year they won the championship – he was kind of a bit player, 71, 72. I mean, that's just kind of the reality to it, right? He averaged 14 points a game. He, he wasn't the best player. He wasn't their leader. You know, Elgin Baylor, um, Gail Goodridge, and Jerry West. I mean, Elgin Baylor even was, at that time, 37 years old. It was Jerry West and Gail Goodridge, averaged a combined 52 points per game, right? Those were the dudes. So I, I, he's sitting there going like, well, you know, LeBron only won one title in four years. Wilt only won one in five years and was bad in one of the NBA finals. Remember when the, the Celtics famously came back and won two games in L.A., including when the, when the balloons were there, right, in game six and even game seven, and the Celtics end up winning a title, on the old forum, hardwood. Like I think Wilt one game at eight, the other game at 18. Like he was completely shut down by Bill Russell. So I, I don't, I would agree with him if he said like, look, we don't look at LeBron as a Laker. He's not an all time great Laker. You know, it's impossible not to point out that they didn't make the playoffs twice. We should point out they won a championship. They didn't make the playoffs twice. They lost in the first round. All of that would be fair. But if you're going to compare it against Will Chamberlain, like here's the problem. You don't actually know anything about Will Chamberlain. It's the exact same kind of pothole that um, that J.J. Redick stepped in. right? Well, uh, well, Bob Cousy was playing against plumbers and firemen, like because you saw one highlight of Bob Cousy only dribble with his right hand. Like Bob Cousy was a magician with the ball. And you have to take into account time and era and all these other things. So you, and you can't he was incredibly dominant, incredibly creative ahead of the curve in terms of using both hands. But you're you're judging yesterday through the lens of today and through commentary that you've heard, none of which you've investigated yourself. We do this constantly. This is just a really, really obvious one to point out. Just an obvious one to point out. That if you're going to point out Will Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain was not a great Laker, not close, wasn't one of the he wasn't one of the five best players in the NBA when he was at the Lakers. When they won a title, he wasn't the reason why. He wasn't even a position of leadership like LeBron is, even if you say Anthony Davis is the better player. It, It really hurts his argument, really does. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Here's Dan Beyer. Dan, what do you got? I don't even know if he's better than the kangaroo kid, Jim Pollard.
0: You know, Ooh, I mean, we talk about Lakers history, uh, you know, the right-hand man to George Mike in on those Minneapolis Lakers teams. I don't know why they wouldn't uh, even bring that up. Um, kind of bs if you ask me i just looked it up uh, i'll tell you what though jim pollard apparently was one heck of a player in in 1952 named uh that era's greatest player they called him the kangaroo kid doug because he could dunk from the free throw line and touch the uh, top of the backboard as well wow, so he yeah. had some leaping ability but that didn't make he it into some that bunnies? podcast he um, had some bunnies yes he had some bunnies just at what point you know like are we so far along all right i'll I'll let you get the buker no, what were you say? go ahead no, just stuff you know, like we were doing this thirty years ago, so now we've added like another thirty years on you know when we talked about Serena, we talked about the open uh era and how things were different like the like the sport of tennis changed and now you looked at grand slams, and just yeah, just it's you know you're comparing guys to you know making comments and stuff that. Nobody ever saw. Nobody ever watched. If you didn't watched. see them, uh, here's, yeah. a, here's
5: a good rule. If you never saw them play, just say, hey, I'm not saying they're not great. I never saw them play. Yeah. It's really unfair. It's all you have to do. It's all you have to do. Still got show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Rick Bucher joins us, of course, uh, covers all sports for Fox Sports 1, expertise in, in the NBA. And, R- Rick, what do you make of all of the recent uh, – uh, Uh, yackety yak, if you will, palaver out of Brooklyn?
9: Uh, That Kevin Durant wants things to happen on his timeline. He wants out of there, and he's finding various ways now to put pressure on the net because uh, he's coming to realize or has come to believe that they are going to make the best deal possible and that they're not going to rush into trading Kyrie or Kevin uh, so I don't know that at this point that the that the Nets have any uh, illusions about keeping this thing together or keeping Kevin there, but they also understand, you know, we, we may all have forgotten what um, the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up for Rudy Gobert, but Sean Marks and the Nets certainly have not. And so they're not going to do pennies on the dollar, particularly for, a player that they have under contract for four years. It, the, the, the price on a player if he's soon to be a free agent is completely different. But whoever's getting KD has him for four years. And that has a tremendous amount of value. So I don't see the, the Nets rushing into anything. And as of right now, everybody's been slow to put their best offer on the table. And, and KD realizes all that. And he realizes that this season may be compromised for him as a result, so he's, he's hoping to put as much pressure on the Nets as he can. I would say this I'm surprised it took him this long because he made the first request and everybody thought, okay, it's KD. Mike, you know, he, he could still have his mind changed. And so there wasn't any urgency. And now suddenly he's realizing, oh, they may not do it on my timeline. I need to start putting pressure on the Nets to make that happen.
5: Ultimately, where's the most likely destination?
9: That's a tough question just because there's where KD wants to go and how much of that's going to influence things. And I, what I don't know is how interested is he in going to Boston? I believe Boston can make the ultimate best deal. Now, the one thing no one's talked about that I'm curious, and I don't, I, I say this reluctantly because I think that there are better deals out there. But what's the possibility of KD and Kyrie both being traded to the Lakers and Anthony Davis being in the mix? Would that satisfy? And again, some of it depends on how the Nets look at Anthony Davis. Uh, and I don't know how you look at him, but if you look at the Jalen Browns and the Brandon Ingrams, would you make a case, and I'm really curious, Doug, would you make a case that Anthony Davis is better than any of those guys?
5: Yes. When, when, when he's right, he's better. He's also a little bit more unique, and he helps you, yep. I think, a little bit more defensively as well.
9: So I would do the same. So I would say Anthony Davis is now availability. Yep. Do I want to pair him with Ben Simmons? A lot of other particulars there. But Kyrie, I mean, KD clearly, the reason that he's upset with the Nets is because they changed their position on Kyrie. And KD has said, I'd like to play with Kyrie. And we know that the Los Angeles Lakers are throwing a Hail Mary out there. Now, if you trade KD and Kyrie separately, I believe that you're able to collect more uh draft picks in particular. You you should be able to get two draft picks out of the Lakers for Kyrie Irving. If you send KD to Boston, you should be able to get some really good players and a couple draft picks as well. So that's why I don't see it as being realistic, but I would not be surprised if that's something that is explored at least from the Lakers' end of things.
5: Um I I heard this, I played this Richard Jefferson thing where he talked about LeBron not being an all-time great Laker, which I actually yeah. agree with. The issue yeah. is he's like I got him behind Wilt Chamberlain, which is a guy <laughs> who quite obviously knows nothing about Lakers. Uh, Lakers when Wilt Chamberlain was there, where again yeah. I, I didn't see him play, so I'm not. I don't. I, I hate the rankings of guys you didn't really see play. Right. Um, but again, based upon everything that I've read and my my father. But my late father and everything that I know, he was a shell of himself. He was a malcontent. Remember, he wouldn't go back into the game. He got dominated when the Celtics yeah. came back and beat them in the finals. Like, and they they ultimately won an NBA title with Wilt, but it was a Gail Goodrich and Jerry West and and, and yeah. other led team that he was on. So it just it feels like a lot of these they want to call new media guys guys that just retired, like the. It's not that they don't respect the previous generations. They just, it's not like something they studied or they've done a ton of research on, and they kind of walk themselves into these traps.
9: And this is the oddest thing. I was thinking about this the other day. In fact, I talked about it on my podcast that in the NBA, the NBA is the one place where you hear today's players running down their predecessors. You don't hear that in the NFL. You don't hear that in Major League Baseball. Nobody's going after Babe Ruth. Um, no one's going after Tim Raines. I mean, you can go down the line. Like, You don't hear that. You don't hear that in other professions. Do you hear a musician? Do you hear today's musicians running down previous uh, generations of great musicians? I-, I can't recall. And that's what's the oddest thing about the NBA. And the concurrent player – and look – do old-time players look at today's game and go, it's soft, and they have things we don't – yes. And you know what? They're right. It's true. You've benefited, as a current player, you've benefited off of all the things that your predecessors have created, including a lot more money, a lot more conveniences, a lot more training. So if the old-timers are going to critique today's game, you know what? Shut up and accept it because you, you are benefiting off of everything – that came before you to go back and to like look at they don't you know the talent isn't the same or the skills aren't the same I mean yeah the money's not the same opportunities are not the same like yeah so what it wasn't there if you were back then you wouldn't be what you are today there wouldn't be what there is today so that's that's the part that, that baffles me as far as LeBron being an all-time great with the Lakers, I don't think this is something that you can break down when it comes to statistics or accomplishments. It's the feeling that Lakers nation has about a player. And from everything that I have seen, read, and heard, there's a great segment of Lakers nation that has never seen LeBron James as a true Laker. They look at it. As a guy who came to LA because of his, it made sense for him from business reasons as he approached the end of his career. And while he has brought them the championship, and I'm sure they are thankful for that, I don't know that they look at him as simply having the DNA that the other guys they look at as Lakers greats. And I think that's, what's, that's, that's the rub there in putting him in the list. It's not what he's done or hasn't done. It's how Lakers faithful feel about him. To me, that's the bridge that LeBron, I don't know that LeBron's ever going to be able to cross. Not, it's not his, I don't think it's necessarily his fault, just the circumstances that he finds himself in.
5: Um, the Christmas Day games everybody likes to talk about, but what isn't yeah. talked about is that the NFL came and took back Christmas Day. Um, how aware i mean how much does that affect what the NBA and how the nBA is doing what they 're doing
9: I was always wait a minute what do you mean by that
5: I just mean it used to be an nba only day obviously yeah. the nFL some of it comes in scheduling, but you know you go back to last year and the the numbers were just and they they put three games on, I believe on Christmas day like they 've yeah. come in kind of They've hijacked Christmas Day and made it their own. You know, that used to be the NBA's. That used to be the NBA's purview.
9: Yeah, but I I don't know that there's any like I don't know that there's anything that the that the league can do different or that I look at what they're doing as different. Other than you have a Philly New York game, which is clearly simply you know everybody's like why do you have the Knicks on why do you like because those are two huge markets like so. Maybe that's an influence that that you would have it, but I don't as I looked at the schedule, I didn't see anything like dramatically different from what they've done before. They're generally the earlier games are going to be big market uh, teams so that they can grab at least a piece of uh, the attraction. And then it's looking at the previous season and which are the ones which which are the hottest rivalries that are going to spice up people saying, oh, I got to see, like, the Grizzlies and the Warriors, for example. I mean, Memphis, congratulations, Memphis, John Morant. This is a reflection of just how exciting your team is because, it ain't very often that uh that, that a market like Memphis gets to have a Christmas Day game and I'm sure that Portland paid the price because they're not in the mix. So that was the trade out. <laughs> We're gonna go with John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies, but Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. That we can't we can't do both. We gotta do one or the other.
5: Um Buk, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for joining us.
9: Yeah, my pleasure, Doug.
5: Let's go to Dan let's go to Dan Byer, get a quick uh Breaking news update, Dan. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Doug, the Dodgers have a comfortable lead in the NL
0: West, but this is not going to make Dodger fans feel comfortable. Walker Bueller is going to undergo season-ending elbow surgery next week. Walker Bueller done for the season for the Dodgers.
5: Reaction, Jason Stewart. Let's go to Sherman Oaks. Hello.
6: No, it's tough. We kept reading that the guy hadn't even picked up a ball um recently so I'm like that that's not good news so though it is surprising that he's shut down for the year I was kind of in my mind almost thinking we're probably gonna have to do this without him anyways I mean it's a tough blow he was a Cy Young candidate last year and our best young pitcher and uh yeah no it's tough but we got enough horses to get this done
5: okay so if you're setting your postseason rotation your game one starter is who
6: you almost have to go with Goslin right now. Um, if Kershaw is not available, let's hope that we get Clayton back.
5: But yeah, probably Goslin's our number one starter at the moment. Goslin and Urias, one, two, and then Kershaw three, and Haney if he's healthy four. Oh wait, what about
7: Anderson? Like yeah, Anderson? what about Tyler Anderson? Yeah,
0: I'd go Urias number one, but that's just me.
5: I agree. I mean, Tyler Anderson's had a heck of a year, really, really good year. I would start Erdiès
7: on the road, like a road game. That's where I would start him. If, if you know, that's usually as a coach, you want to start your more established pitchers in the road game. So I don't know when the Dodgers will play a road game, but that's where I would put Ertius in the
1: lineup. And a couple
6: well, things: in the playoffs,
5: me, you play a road game. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
6: Dustin May's coming back, so whether. But I thought
5: you wanted Dusty May to be your closer? Yeah,
6: I kind of did. And <laughs> I then, did hear that one. And then we got the waiver wire, uh, Deadline, we which pick is up completely a different
5: than the past. But yeah. yes, um, we'll I do you saw, I was I was looking home home and away. Um, Urias is slightly better away. His road ERA is two point two seven. Home ERA is two point seven seven. That that matters against. That matters at all. Anyway, that's big news in Major League Baseball. Thanks, Dan, for breaking in on that. Could Giannis have his eyes on another NBA team? Ooh, let's start the drama. Next.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Terms and conditions apply. The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
0: Western nations like the US and Europe.
3: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
6: And then you have China.
3: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
0: He'll get his yo yo's to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on,
3: You can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, devastating news for the Dodgers as Walker Buehler is going to have season-ending arm surgery. That's the news that Dan Byers shared with us. Kevin Durant uh, just tweeted, quote, I know most people believe unnamed sources over me but if anyone's out there that'll listen i don't plan on retiring anytime soon blank is comical at this point so kd as we said like would he consider retirement like you can consider something and go like yeah no i'm not gonna do it that's considering it let's get to the press
1: the press
8: Don not buy it
0: what you got durant may not be retiring but could Giannis and Ted Akumpo be looking somewhere outside of Milwaukee? Well, he was asked in a QA and a today with Fox 32 in Chicago. This was Giannis' response about playing for the Chicago Bulls. I
6: think uh, anybody who asks that question that plays basketball, if he said no, he would be he'd be a liar. It's a team that uh, won uh, multiple championships. It's a team that one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, to ever play this game played for. So it's a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago. Down the line, you you never know. You know, you never know how life brings it. Maybe maybe I play for Chicago, but uh, right now I'm committed to Milwaukee.
5: Mm. 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 Okay. You know, look. Sometimes you do the hometown interview, and you say nice things right that that that's really what yes. that's really what takes place yes. right it's like you say uh, like he didn't say i want to play for chicago yeah. i'm going like he just said it's yep. a great team and yes
0: the history yeah.
5: like we go crazy about things
0: yes nothing to really go crazy about oh. but if there was a team honestly that bucks fans would not want giannis to go to oh god the bulls would be number 1 plus it's he wouldn't have to Vista. move so
9: right?
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really wouldn't. Um, it'd just be a little longer drive. Kevin Durant says he's not going to retire. Ben Simmons apparently told Stephen A. Hey, he's ready to go. He's ready to be a net. Yeah, <laughs> ready to Wait, play for the thanks. Nets. Wow. Yay. Oh, good. Let's do this. Net right. season. <laughs> Nets country. Let's
5: ride. Nets country. Let's ride.
8: Broncos country. Let's ride.
5: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's country. Let's um,
0: nice ride. <laughs> the uh, uh, college football playoff national championship games for 2025 and 2026 have been set. Reports out of Atlanta say that Atlanta's going to get it in 2025, while the college football playoff committee did announce that the game will take place in Miami in 2026. So, you
5: know, Her- Herbie said they should just have it at the Rose Bowl every year. Would be bad, right? Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad thing. In the I mean, world? especially to make up for the fact they destroyed the Rose Bowl.
0: Yes, yes. There's the consolation gift. That's the press.
5: Hey, get out there and
1: press. That was the press.
5: Okay, so here's the deal. We're all calling in sick tomorrow, okay? Ramos is the kind of guy who's going to call in and go like, I'm not really sick, but I'm supposed to call in sick. You know I'm left-handed. We'll report we'll back our golf scores. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
2: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
3: I'm Viosa and I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
4: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen.